The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media US. On today's McKnight's Market Leaders podcast. I think that there's a future where we can start to get away from just asking you to reflect on the data and telling you what you could do. And so what we're driving towards is from one right now is descriptive, describing what's happening to you. We're going to get to this place where we say, hey, here are the predictive insights. Here's what could happen. Here's how many alarms we expect you to have at Saturday at 2 a.m. on floor two. And finally, here's the prescriptive evolution of that. Welcome to another edition of the McKnight Senior Living Market Leaders Podcast, where industry experts share their insights and seeds of success are planted. I'm McKnight Senior Living Editor Lois Bowers, and I'm here with Kanal Goyle, Vice President of Analytics and Insights at Centrix. Today, we're going to explore the transformative power of data in senior living. Together, we will unravel the intricacies of leveraging data to not only improve resident well-being, but also streamline operational efficiencies within senior living communities. By the conclusion of our conversation, those of you listening will have gained a comprehensive understanding of how data can be a catalyst for positive change in senior living, empowering you with the knowledge to foster better outcomes for residents and elevate operational excellence. Welcome, Kanal. Thank you so much. My first question would be, what do you think is the potential of data analytics in senior living and why now? Yeah, absolutely. So a quick background on myself. I'm experienced in both consulting and healthcare, which has given me an insight into a range of industries and how they operate. And with that context, what I see in senior living is the opportunity to leverage analytics to elevate the resident experience by pinpointing operational opportunities and proactive management of resident concerns. And I think what you mentioned earlier is so important, the why now. And I think the why now is because of increasing technological maturity in the space, as well as rising demand from boomers who are reaching the age where they decide it's time to move into senior living communities. And what these trends do is that they create the opportunity for the industry to focus efforts around investing into technology that create the best service and care for our residents. Um, and, and really that, that care for the residents in the incoming demographic surge. And it's such an exciting time to be here. Um, we're all motivated because we have family in senior living, because we have that, we recognize a human aspect in senior living. And so... I'm excited to be in the space right now, and I hope that's that feeling is kind of communicated to you because, you know, the potential here is just really exciting. Well, in what ways do you think that operations in a senior living community can benefit from data insights? So I think, you know, the operations of a senior living community need to become more proactive rather than reactive. And I'll give you three different examples on how that can kind of work, one of which is going to be an operational example. I think right now there's really an opportunity to allocate resources a lot more effectively. And what I mean by that is if we think about caregiver staffing in a community um, with, uh, say, a building with multiple floors, um, oftentimes I think people will staff a certain number of caregivers per floor. And that makes sense. Um, There's 10 units per floor, and so we'll staff two caregivers per floor. But what they don't take into account is actually the workload of said caregiver, right? Because even if you staff the number of caregivers as a consistent between the floors, maybe the workload is different. And that's exactly what we're seeing in the data. We'll see that where you have about one, maybe two caregivers per floor, but the workload is 
gigantically different, maybe because of resonance of higher um, complexity. And so I think that's an opportunity where you can start to move caregivers around to optimize that resource allocation. And there's two critical outputs of that. One, you prevent caregiver burnout. And two, you also ensure a better resident experience. So that's just one operational example in which analytics can really be utilized. Um, from a social example, I mean, I think that this is just really an opportunity to take advantage of what's going on, right? And so if we look at, let's just, we're watching, t- we're um, analyzing TV trends and we notice that The Bachelor is starting to become a lot more popular. Well, guess what? We can surface those insights to the activity director and the activity director can then can create a bachelor watch party. And all of a sudden you're creating that context where you're taking what is top of mind to these residents, bringing them together and creating that um, niche community within the community. And I think that's the really exciting part um, about some of the social analytics. So operational, social, and the final one I wanna go through really quickly is just a healthcare focused example. Say we start to notice a significant decrease in the amount of steps and a significant increase in the amount of TV watched for a resident. Now, mind you, like, I don't really care if it's a small blip or if you have a lazy day in. Like, I have plenty of lazy days in and I don't want to be, like, I don't want alarm bells to go off. But if you notice a consistent degradation in the sociability of a resident in the time, that's where I think we need to start noticing. That's where we think we need to start raising some flags. And I think the next step is obviously to be to figure out the why. Why is this changing? Could it be a function of medicine changes? Could it be a function of lack of good sleep? Could it be a function of diet changes? I'll say from personal experience, due to assault imbalance, my grandmother was hospitalized with delirium. And if we could have gotten away with analyzing those trends beforehand, finding those leading indicators, it would have saved a tremendous amount of effort, pain, and just created a better experience. So that's really the kind of the North Star that we're all driving to. That's really interesting. Um, There are so many ways that one can approach analytics that can benefit residents. Um, What problems are you trying to tackle? And there's another why in there as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, you know, there's so much opportunity here, right? Like I just listed off three (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and, and those are so varied, but I think really the opportunity that may not be fully taken advantage of yet is taking care of that resident's social health. Now, according to the Department of Health and Human Services, social health impacts up to 50% of a resident's health and clinical impacts only impact up to 20%. So let's take a second to recognize the whale in the room. If we take better care of a resident's social health, we're going to have outsized returns, outsized returns in making sure that the resident is happier and healthier. And that's really the focus that we really want to tailor all of our insights around. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, there's going to be those operational components. I want to make sure that the resources are being balanced effectively. I want to make sure that the activities being shown are really relevant to the community. But then the real opportunity, I think, is to take all of those information, find those leading indicators of a resident's declining sociability and utilize that to create those proactive interventions. So that's really some of the work that we're doing, kind of like what we're focusing our efforts on. Those are really good points. How do you anticipate that insights from analytics should be shared within the community in a way that is respectful of the autonomy of the residents? Yeah, honestly, I think that's a really good question and something that we're actively designing around. I strongly believe in the value of the work that we're doing. I strongly believe that we can utilize this analytics to create better operations. I think we can utilize these analytics to create better social, uh, take care of the resident social determinants health. However, there's a human right to privacy. And all of these analytics must be opt-in. 
And so let me give you a quick example of how that could look like. If you're talking about aggregated insights, that's like a little bit less of a concern, right? If I'm telling you that, oh, like across the community, the bachelor is trending in popularity. Across the community, the activities that involve leaving the community to go on a trip are trending in popularity. Then I think it's just an opportunity for activity directors to take that data, take that top of mind data and create better um, events around that. Where it starts to get a little bit more specific, where the resident really starts to come up, where resident Kunal is starting to be analyzed, I think that's where we need to be very conscious. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, it needs to be opt-in. But I think also we're not necessarily going to be sharing these insights more broadly than that of the caregiver. The caregiver will be seeing these kind of insights, and it's up to the caregiver to decide whether to act on it. For example, if you're all of a sudden noticing that a resident has declining sociability, watching more TV, then sure, I, if we notice that trend over time, I'll go ahead and flag it. As I mentioned earlier, I think that's a really important part of it. But let's just say that resident is actually just coming out of a surgery and the doctor told him to spend more time in the room, then I absolutely think that he should be doing that. And that's, I think, where the caregiver can start to contextualize everything and really act about it. So where I think the opportunity really is, is that trend where you start to have those, I, I think the way someone in, uh, the Rick from our company really describes it well, is that those 1% declines. If someone declines just 1% every day, a human eye is not going to notice that, but the machine will. And I think that's really the opportunity is to find those small degradations and get in front of that to promote the resident social determinants of health. How does the use of data in senior living align with broader industry trends and innovations, in your opinion? Yeah, I think that, you know, the closest parallel would be that of healthcare. And I think that everyone knows that senior living is an incredibly challenging industry. When I first joined this role, I did a bunch of interviews and I was like, oh, this is significantly more complex than maybe I had initially anticipated. But that's OK. And we can see with precedent that healthcare is really, really complicated, too. But it's starting to get simplified. It's starting to, it was starting to get consolidated. And there are many veterans within our company who are a part of that change. And so what we have is those people who are able to apply their learnings, their lessons from healthcare and apply them back into uh, senior living. And that's, and I think, another part of our company is that, like, while we have some new industry, some new veterans from healthcare, we also have people with decades, literally decades of experience within senior living. So we're able to merge those two and really create um, effective products for it. And so I think that's one of the ways, like, one way was like we're taking what we learned from healthcare and starting to apply it more broadly to senior living. And I think the other one is really going to be around generative AI. As we all know, ChatGPT, generative AI, took the world by the storm over the last year and a half. And I think that the opportunity within senior living is just so immense. If we think about canned reports, dashboards, things like that, that will probably address 80% of what the community needs to know. Um, you know. And then that last 20%, that long tail, there's no way any company can really create products that are specific to exactly the context of that community, exactly specific to the needs of that community. And that's really okay because the difference now is that generative AI will allow users to be able to just ask questions of the data and be able to receive formatted reports and insights there. So again, for 80% of it, you can just look at these dashboards, look at these insights that have everything ready to go for you. And for that long tail 20%, to see we can take advantage of ongoing technological improvements to be able to ask that data and get insights in seconds. 
So we're actively employing this kind of um, AI. We're actively creating uh, trials to explore this. And I'm really excited to be able to release that to the market in the next coming weeks and months. And so those are one of the trends that we're also working towards. But also, like, as we think about these analytics, I mentioned to you, you know, there's those operational, social, healthcare focused um, outcomes. And so right now we're at this place where we're asking the user to take data, to look at that information and reflect on it. Be like, okay, do you think it's appropriate that, you know, a caregiver on floor one is expected to respond to 100 alarms a day and caregiver floor two is expected to respond to 150? Do you think that's appropriate? If not, then we should create some staffing allocation decisions. But I think that there's a future where we could start to get away from just asking you to reflect on the data and telling you what you could do. And so what we're driving towards is from one right now is descriptive, describing what's happening to you. We're going to get to this place where we say, hey, what's here are the predictive insights. Here's what could happen. Here's how many alarms we expect you to have at Saturday at 2 a.m. on floor two. And finally, here's the prescriptive evolution of that. Here's what you should do because of that. I expect you to have 30 alarms at Saturday at 2 a.m. in floor two. So you should staff two caregivers to ensure an alarm response time of two minutes. That's the direction that we're really going to. So among all of that, between the trends where we're learning from healthcare, between integrating generative AI and between in that evolution from descriptive to predictive, to prescriptive analytics. There's a lot of information happening in this space, and um, I think it's going to be really cool. Well, as you start to think about analytics on the whole health of an older adult, what role do you think Centrix will play in that? Absolutely. I think Centrix captures really valuable social health data across its engagement, life safety, and entertainment data. And if we think about what that really looks like, so from engagement, I know what kind of activities you attend. I know whether you actually attended the, the, the activities. From life safety, I know when you're triggering alarms, the frequency of the alarms, the severity of the alarms. Um, and we can start to understand a lot about that, especially when it comes to alarms at night. I think that's something that I actually have been focusing a lot on. And from entertainment, we know what's top of mind and we can understand trends in that. All of that, I think, gives us really interesting access throughout the community and thereby really interesting access into the life and social health of the residents. And as I mentioned earlier, the Department of Health and Human Services says that social determinants of health are responsible for up to 50% of the overall health of a senior. So I think that's where we need to prioritize it. That's where we need to create those structures to promote social health. And if we can partner with those EMRs, if we can partner with providers, then we're going to get access to that remaining part, the 20% of the health that is impacted by clinical outcomes. And so together, we're able to really get that whole health of a senior into perspective. And from there, we can really make sure that we're taking effective care of our residents. And there's so many outcomes that come out for that. But here's two, one of which is going to be value-based care. We know as the industry is evolving, it will evolve into value-based care. And with better care of the residents, as we prove the value proposition of senior living operators in the healthcare ecosystem, it will create lower costs and better manage. Uh, yeah, so lower cost to clinics, lower cost to hospitals. And I think senior living operators, if they can prove that value, they get to capture some of that value generated. And I think that's really the exciting part with value-based care. And two, more importantly, 
is that the residents are going to be happier and healthier and living better. Because if we can make sure that we take care of that 50% of health outcomes, then they're going to be able to live a life full of vitality. And at the end of the day, that's all why we're all here in this industry. Canal, if anyone listening today would like more information on what you've been speaking about, where can they go? Yeah, absolutely. So if anyone's interested in learning a little bit more about what we're doing and the direction that we're going to, they can, of course, visit the website. And that's centrics.net, S-C-N-T-R-I-C-S, centrics.net. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. Well, Kunal, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us today. All right. Thanks so much. This is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, and you've been hearing from Kunal Goyle, Vice President of Analytics and Insights at Centrix. Thanks to everyone for listening to this edition of the McKnight Senior Living Market Leaders podcast. We look forward to meeting up with you again soon. 